get the mic a moment to sync. All right, Stochastic, here we go. It's your old pal Emac coming to you on a Saturday morning here, joined by Man Myth and Legends, not Man Myth and Malakar, but Man Myth and Legend, Greg Ehrenberg, the man who literally never sleeps, works nonstop, 365 days a year, sometimes 366. My friend Greg, what's going on? It's It's been like, oh my gosh, six days since we've done a show together. Did you yeah, miss you me? Well, so for a second there, you said man myth, and I thought you said mammoth. I was like, oh, what makes me a mammoth? I wanted, I wanted to know. Well, you said like Greg, but today <laughs> you're nerd ass, Greg. True, true, <laughs> true, true. But uh, yeah, we've got a fun one tonight. I do see that the, the, the sites have uh, have excluded the 9:30 loan outpost mm -hmm. game, so that is, I guess, helpful. It also uh, puts a, you know, I guess they're assuming more eyes are going to be on NFL. We do have two NFL games today. This is the start of Wild Card Weekend. Remember, it's now Super Wild Card Weekend. We have two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, and one on Monday. It's Monday Night Football. Monday is also Martin Luther King Day, which means there will be NBA uh, throughout the afternoon. Uh, so that is uh, always uh, a fun one. And then let's see what uh, hockey's doing. Usually they uh, tend to do something similar. Yes, hockey is also going at, at one o'clock uh, with a bunch of games and then a few evening games. So people taking advantage of uh, those that uh, have the day off, um, uh, recognizing that holiday. So good times there. Uh, Greg, we don't get that holiday off at, e at either of my jobs at the <laughs> Fantastic job in the day job. We don't get that one off. <laughs> it, it's a it, it is a nightmare for scheduling because I look at the schedule and you know I have to ask people: Are are you available to do this show? What 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 times are you available? Not? I legitimately have no clue what the what the main slate lock is going to be for Monday. I tend to think they're still going to do the seven p.m. Eastern time lock for the main slate. Like I don't think that they're going to do a slate that includes all the games. I don't think they're going to do a six o'clock lock. But I'm not positive, so uh, hopefully it starts at seven because I've set the schedule assuming that's when it's going to be. But but you never know. It is true. It is true. I see uh, uh, Nick Ostertoss uh, points out. Yes, uh, we have the uh, MMA starts today. Yep. I think that's a four or four thirty lock for that uh, sport. And not a pay per view this week, but they already have four pay per views scheduled over the next uh, three and a half months. So I was looking at the the schedule for that. You know, got to get those crowns, Greg. While I still can, <laughs> although I'm I'm losing interest now that I don't get that weekly crowns prize chest. Because even though I never got more than like the, the twenty thousand minimum, occasionally I'd get thirty thousand for the Onyx tier. That's like an entire season of some of these milestones, and it's like, wait, I would get that in a week, and now I got to grind this stuff out for six months. I got to I got to think about this. We get some of these long longevity bonuses but we'll see because i may have to move on to some of the pick'em sites sports wagering of course we're sponsored by bet mgm today we've got mm -hmm. some offers through them i'm in, in uh, i was gonna say i'm in alaska god i'm as far away from alaska as you can get here in florida we have one lonely sports book that operates here in florida that would be um i can't even think of it a hard rock casino i've got to sign up for that greg but it's just not exciting knowing there's only one and i can't use the uh the odd shopper to help me out but i have been using the odd shopper um, we'll look at that uh, later in the show, but I looked at the odd chopper. Um, what do we call it? The look across the different pick'em sites. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so great. Cause most of these pick'em sites with the exception of, of, uh, price picks, they're only on mobile. Greg, when you get old, looking at mobile, 
pretty it's it's not fun it's not fun but that helps me find all the bets i need then i just go into the search bar type them in boom we're off and running it's like i have a new lease on life and didn't have to get a pair of readers we have to send there you a go. giant monitor. You need, and I have, I'll, I'll show you what I have. I've got a bunch. I have a, when I do shows and stuff, I, I have a bunch you're of You're saying I could push my iPhone onto a monitor and then see what I'm doing. You can do that. You can. What does Scuba do? What does he do? Nothing yes. that, so if you think that you're old and outdated with technology, he doesn't know the difference between a text message. And by the Scuba is my dad. He doesn't know the difference between a text message and an email he uh, he got a new iPad and he wasn't happy with it because it doesn't have the home button anymore. So he insisted that was all he wanted for for the holidays was he wanted me to get him an, a new old iPad. He wanted one of the old generation iPads that had the home button. I told him that was so dumb because of discontinuing. So he's never going to learn new technology. So I refused to get it for him. I got him. A, I got him an elliptical for the holidays. So you know something that could <laughs> keep him in keep him in shape because he likes working out. But uh, his his elliptical that he used to have broke so got him a new elliptical that that aside yeah he is so outdated on every single technology and the, the everything turning towards streaming is going to be absolutely no good for him we've got the nfl game today that is going to be streaming only on peacock between the chiefs and the dolphins the new world is not going to be for him no no and i was telling that story my mom's been down here with us in florida for the last couple months and she's got she's got a couple of weeks left with her here but she just celebrated her 80th birthday and i was telling her the story of of, of your dad wanting the the push button because my dad before he passed he only had the flip phone so even though you could have like everything on it he would his text messages he would have to push each each number two or three times to get the letter he wanted and he like he was like no i don't ever want to change from this so you knew when you got a text from him how long it took him to send it to you but uh, she's i was telling her story she's like oh yeah i had to write to apple and have them send me an iphone that still had the home button on it I'm like oh my god what am I going to, I'm going to be them soon, Greg. Okay. Let's get into basketball. Let's turn on to something that's a little more exciting here. So we have a uh, uh, one lonely game that is tipping off at eight o'clock, pardon me, at seven 30. Uh, wait, where's my schedule? Sorry. I, no, I've got, seven, I've got so there's yeah, one seven o'clock game between one the, seven o'clock game. Okay. That's what it was. I knew the there was a loan. The first thing yeah. I was doing here was I was just going into the Sims tool. I've run lineups for tonight's slate so while we're talking through this we've got this as a point of reference and if you guys want to sign up for any of the nba tools that we have at stochastic.com there's a link for that below you can get the sims tool the most affordable package our lineup generator that's less than 15 dollars, and then also gets you access to our discord channel so if you're watching the shows and you ever want to at me to ask questions during the shows i answer those from discord but also i'm in discord all the time so if we're playing a slate and, you know, you guys want showdown questions for later, you could ask me in there. Or if there's late news, players get scratching on how it's impacting my lineups, we update people in there as well. So anything you guys want to sign up for for NBA packages, including the Sims tool, which I've got on screen here, you could sign up using those links that we have below. But first game, it is the uh, Houston Rockets against the Boston Celtics, e Matt. All right, look at that. Always the professional helping me out here. So there's one 7 o'clock game, one 7.30 game, and then there are five, probably three at eight two at 8.30, and then they're skipping the 9.30 game on DraftKings and FanDuel. So the important thing to remember about the Rockets here is they will be without Tari Eason for a seventh game with the sore uh, leg or his left lower leg issue. Uh, Dylan Brooks will be missing his 10th game with an oblique. And then doubtful is Jeff Green tonight because this is a back-to-back and a three and four. Houston lost uh, in overtime in Chicago. 
on uh, Wednesday. Last night they won in Detroit 112 to 110. So the starters all played heavy minutes. So in these two games, Fred Van Vliet averaged 42 minutes. Jalen Green averaged 30. Uh, uh, Smith averaged 44. And then uh, Shangun averaged 38. So everybody's been playing very, very heavy minutes in this. And the other thing you want to think about when we look at, at things such as that is they're such uh, negative uh, or they're they're heavy underdogs mm-hmm. in this game. It's hard to really trust them. They're going against one of the be- best defenses in the league. On the, the Boston side, well, how can we really get excited about them? They're fully healthy. Horford is available. He was out of the last game because this is a three and four, but not a back-to-back. Their first two were the back-to-back, and they didn't play again uh, on, on Monday uh, for MLK. So it looks like we could see some in-game rest for some of the Boston players. Wouldn't be a complete shock if, if uh, Tatum or Brown was an outright rest candidate tonight. There's nothing overly exciting in this matchup, Greg. Do you see anything coming up, or is anything coming up in the Sims from this game? Because for me, it's going to be a cross-off, and then I'm going to be fully engaged on the show tonight because I won't have lineups to make until 7.30. <laughs> Yeah, so if we go ahead and look at some of the initial exposures that I'm getting to here, and even with Houston being a little bit shorthanded, like you mentioned, I mean, we didn't see big Cam Whitmore minutes or anything like that yesterday. I know that he was somebody who a lot of people were wanting to play because of the guys that were out for Houston. But ultimately, it didn't mean that we saw really anybody pick up any kind of real significant additional minutes. We saw Whitmore play 15 and a half. That's certainly not enough for him to be considered viable. Now, if you go ahead and look at the exposures I have here, the player I'm getting the most of is Shangun, and that's only 3%. So I don't really see a whole lot to like from the Houston side of the game. While there are those players out, like you mentioned, none of them are massive needle movers in terms of picking up extra playing time for anybody. And even some guys like Dylan Brooks, Tar Eason being out, Pricing's already been baked in here, so there's nothing really I see here that's all that interesting. If you had to pay up for somebody, Shangun's never a poor option, but it's a very difficult matchup on the road against Boston. Boston's favored by 15.5 points in this game. There's a very high chance of blowout. We don't take that too much into account here, but this is a wide enough spread that I do think we have to consider it. So uh, Houston, not really a team of interest for me. All right. Uh, Are you good just moving on? from this one or is there anything you want to call out or any contingencies you'd like to hit on for Boston or shall we cover that tonight when we do NBA live before lock at six o'clock? No, uh, just the exact same thing. We look at the Boston side. I have even less exposure to Boston on my initial run here than I do to the Houston Rockets. So Boston is everybody expected to play tonight. We, we've got Kristaps Porzingis is in. We've got Al Horford back. The only players on the injury report is Keta, but he doesn't matter because with everybody healthy, he's not even really a rotation guy. So considering how deep Boston is and then also the chance this could be a blowout, this is a team that I'm very, very comfortable just not really wanting to get any kind of exposure to. Yeah, and I see Kevin uh, Watkins in chat did mention that that Boston rested most of their starters on a Thursday. Rested by, yeah, they didn't play the second half because they were just getting uh, curb stomped there by the Bucks. This could be the opposite scenario tonight where you get some in-game rest because they rattle off uh, their, you know, going out to a 20-point lead at halftime here. So they're going to do whatever it takes to get the win, but I bet they pull off the the – they put their foot off the gas um, in the fourth quarter if they're able to, uh, just because they have uh, you know more more difficult games coming up. All right, let's hit our second game here, Greg. The only other one in the in the seven o'clock hour. It's the Washington Wizards, who are seven point underdogs heading into Atlanta, going against the Hawks. There's a two fifty one point total here, which is the uh, highest 
uh, on the slate, which is should be no surprise against two teams that are up in tempo and uh, just really don't care about defense. Uh, on the Washington side, uh, Johnny Davis is questionable with an illness. That's uh, kind of how management should be feeling about him as their number one or first round draft pick questionable and they should be feeling ill that they made that choice still don't know why they did that Landry Schumet may be away from the team for personal reasons the last game for the Wizards was on Wednesday they also play on Monday so we should have everyone available for tonight for Atlanta the only person <clears throat> of note on the injury report of course is DeAndre Hunter this will be his 11th game that he has been out it is a back-to-back -back and three and four for Atlanta they also play on Monday last night the non-capella starters ended up just needing 30 to 32 minutes um, the the understudies, not even the secondary players, not even the reserves, Greg, the understudies came in last night for the final 342 in the 126-108 loss to Indiana. So clearly the team was looking ahead to today's game. Um, there is the chance that Trey Young could be dealing with a shoulder injury that is affecting uh, him a little bit on offense. He's not on the injury report, but I did want to call that one out. Do you like anybody from the Washington side because when they're fully healthy, they just give minutes to everybody as they continue their tankathon. Yeah, this team is projecting really, really well for us tonight. Uh, some of these players definitely will end up sliding a little bit as we get later into the day and some additional players are rolled out. But at least for right now, we've got guys like Daniel Gafford is one of my most exposed players on the entire slate. He's showing up in 60% of my top 150 lineups here. Uh, Titus Jones is showing up in a third of lineups. Kyle Kuzman, about 20% of lineups. He looks like a good contrarian play because he's only projected for 11% ownership. And we've seen the kind of upside that Kuzma could have this year. And this game, it's expected to be relatively competitive, which you can't say about most Washington Wizards games. And it's it's a nearly 250-point total, the highest of the day. So uh, definitely a little bit of a down game last time out for Kuzma. But still, I mean, it is 24% usage rate. He just didn't make his shots. And... Uh, ends up scoring not the uh, normal 40-plus fantasy points we see from him. So Kyle Kuzma, I think, is a pretty good contrarian spend-up option. Daniel Gafford and Ty Jones, these are both really two strong plays to get to in the mid-range. And then a little bit of like Jordan Poole and Elon Wright sprinkled in here. But really the core guys to look at, Gafford, Jones, Kuzma, great matchup in a game that should have a lot of pace. Do you think, or what is the probability you would have for Jordan Poole scoring 24 or more points NBA points for the third consecutive game after uh, not not getting above 14 in the preceding six games prior to his little bit of a hot streak here? Uh, like, I don't know, 20-something percent? Is that trustworthy enough for you? For what purpose? For, for tournaments. Oh, I mean, I only have – so he's 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 viable as a flyer, but not somebody I'd make as a okay. core option or anything. Because he's he's just seven percent, and I know I know that you you and um, Eric kind of like to look for those uh, overlooked players that have the ability to pop off for 30, 40 fantasy points, right? That's the kind of player we want. Uh, not for tonight, but Fred Van Bleed is exactly that player because if he's dropping a shot, picking up steals, and getting assists, he's great. But otherwise, with this team, when he doesn't have it on offense, which is a lot because he's about a forty-two percent career. Uh, uh, marksman from the field he tends to dish out assists and keep the offense running there's nothing wrong with that at all but it sucks for fantasy purposes so uh jordan Poole really has one direct path to fantasy relevance and it is scoring this is the matchup for him but he has been beyond enigmatic this season to borrow a word from Lafayette. so i was just curious where you were coming in 
uh, on that one. Anything else for you from the Wizards? Nope. It's a team I'm getting a lot of exposure to right now. All right. Keeping in the same vein there with Washington, I'm going to transition over to DeJounte Murray, who was at the University of Washington. Sadly, they did not win the national title, and they just lost their coach, uh, DeBoer. He is now going to go to Alabama. Sad times for my alma mater, Greg. But we uh, have seen uh, DeJounte Murray be very effective, uh, especially against teams that have marginal uh, offensive facilitators because he does a decent job of collecting assists. Uh, his rebounding is down overall from his uh, San Antonio days, but he's still uh, a solid contributor in that category. Plus, he is uh, on a, let's see, one, two, three, five, six games uh, where he has scored 24 or more points. So he is picking up the slack a little bit for uh, Trey Young. I prefer Murray over Young. Uh, you're getting a $1,900 discount on uh, on FanDuel. And then on DraftKings, you're getting a significant $2,400 discount. I think that pushes Young into a very interesting tournament option. But I'd rather take the savings here. It looks like the field is semi-ambivalent uh, on, on, uh, on DraftKings. And they are half, uh, Murray's half the popularity of Young on DraftKings. Uh, FanDuel, is this a function of we don't have a lot of places to spend money tonight? What are your thoughts there with the Atlanta backcourt? Yeah, so when it comes to Atlanta, as you guys could see on the screen right here, uh, DeJounte Murray is somebody who I definitely am getting to a good chunk of, and he's not projected to be all that popular either. We only got him in 11% of lineups from the contest generator here, but then when I run my lineups and everything through the Sims here, he's showing up in 21% of my lineups. So between DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, I do prefer getting to Murray. Uh, if we end up getting more value later on in the day, then Trey Young would certainly end up looking more more uh, viable as an option because right now we've got Trey Young project for 54 fantasy points compared to 41 for DeJounte Murray. But the reason I have a lot of these guys I'm getting exposure to in the mid range, like the other side of the game where I was getting to a whole bunch of Daniel Gafford, getting to a whole bunch of Tyus Jones is because we don't have a lot of value on the slate at the moment. So with that being the case, that there's kind of not a whole lot of value, but there are a lot of good looking plays in the mid range. It ends up with a lot of balanced lineups that are showing up as my top ROI lineups at this point in the day. So if we see more players rolled out later in the day, then we'll start to see guys like Trey Young go up in my exposure. Some of those players in the mid-range end up going down a little bit. But for right now, the mid-range is what looks best. And DeJounte Murray, who's been playing big minutes as of late, and some rumors that they could potentially trade him at this point because the Hawks are pretty lackluster in the standings. They're well below 500. But we have seen a pretty big uptick in usage as of late for DeJounte Murray. Last few games, 28% usage, 31%, 22%, and massive minutes. Uh, 32, 38, 40, 35, 35, 37. So higher usage, more minutes. DeJounte Murray is, as of now, the best guy to get to from Atlanta. All right. Uh, I like what you're sharing on the screen there. Now, I want to remind everybody, we have a really good deal here. This is for the NBA version of The Sims. But if you utilize promo code DRIVE, as in drive your car or a team in the NFL goes on a drive, right, up and down the field, you will get the NFL Sims package through the Super Bowl for $99. Now, this includes the, you know, the main slates, of which we've still got a couple uh, all-day slates left uh, for the next two rounds. And then it also includes the uh, showdown contest, plus... You get the remaining uh, PGA for this week as well as next week to give you a chance to test drive 
using promo code drive. So it's a pretty good deal. Uh, we lowered the price because we wanted everybody to have a good look at it. And then we know NFL is going away, but there's a lot of crossover actually between um, NFL players and um, PGA players. Uh, it's kind of interesting to see that dichotomy. Of course, NFL is king, but PGA does have a lot of popularity and the Sims have proven to be quite effective for PGA, which is uh, a rather chaotic sport uh, with not a lot of correlation. So calling that out, that is promo code DRIVE, $99. You get uh, the NFL Max Sims package along with this week and next week for golf. All right, Greg, let's head to the 8 o'clock games here. We have three of them. We are going to go with the Orlando Magic at the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Magic are nearly 12-point uh, underdogs here, uh, sitting in at 11.5 right now. This game is in Oklahoma City, 232 implied point total. Uh, deep breath, you have Orlando without uh, Wendell Carter Jr. He will be missing his fifth game with a sore knee. Franz Wagner is going to be missing his fifth game with a sore ankle. Joe Ingles is likely to rest. He played 30 minutes last night, but that was coming back after a 13-game absence. Gary Harris is slated to miss his fifth game with a calf injury. Marco Foltz unlikely to play on this back-to-back. -back. Remember, he missed a large swath of the season with uh, knee swelling. He has played four games. Uh, he, he's kind of capping out in the 16- to 17-minute range, but that's important because now we've got to talk about Cole Anthony as a potential backup. Um, Jalen Suggs is probable. Uh, he only played 14 minutes last night, but he was dealing with an illness, apparently. So that is a key to monitor. You have uh, Jonathan Isaac is should be back. He's missed the last 10 games with the hamstring injury. So we'll have to see what happens with him. And then this is a back-to-back, -back, as I mentioned. Uh, the Orlando Magic played yesterday. They lost in Miami, 99 to 96. Very sad. Uh, it was a close game uh, with uh, Paolo Boncaro playing 36 minutes. Creative player Caleb Houston playing 32 and uh, Chuma Okiki playing 29. Those uh, were three of the five starters for OKC. They last played on Thursday, and then they are the featured game on Monday night. So everybody is well-rested there. Uh, what do you see with all the moving parts here for the Magic? Yeah, not a whole lot to like. A brutal matchup on the road against OKC. OKC has been uh, one of the better defenses in the league, particularly because of Chet Holmgren. Chet is now, I think... Last I looked at EPM, I think he was 99th percentile in def in defensive EPM this year. So he's been an absolute monster this year. So uh, Chet has been a massive upgrade to OKC. As a result, tail end of a back-to-back, like he said, 11.5-point underdogs are the Orlando Magic. They have a fairly low team total, even though the game total is at 232. Because we are seeing that uh, there's such a wide spread in this game, we're not expecting a lot of those points to be scored by Orlando. And one thing that is very annoying about this team, Emac, is that they have a healthier backcourt now. So with that being the case, Anthony Black playing minutes, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs also, he's not on the injury report. He's been in and out of the lineup or dealing with injuries for a lot of the year. It's really hard to project big minutes for any individual player out of the backcourt for Orlando. And there actually is nobody on this team that were projecting for north of 30 minutes in the backcourt, which does make it really hard to get to any of those guys. The one who stands out the most is Mo Wagner because we have Wendell Carter Jr. out, because Franz Wagner remains out. But he's not any kind of real priority. And he also is somebody who's also just kind of here because of some of the lack of value that we have on the low end right now. So he's the most appealing option. I'm getting to him here in 14.7% of my lineups. And you know, just benefiting from the absence of Wendell Carter Jr. Other than that, though, there isn't a whole lot to see from Orlando in a tough matchup against OKC. All right. Um, the I uh, see you guys talking a little bit about ownership there uh, and, and uh, projections in 
chat. One of the things, you, this escapes a lot of people, but if you are trying to do the math in your head, it's actually, it's, it's fine. But a point of reference that often gets overlooked is on DraftKings, you know, where we have eight players in the lineup, the, you know, the total projection needs to add up to 800%, right, for all the lineup slots. And then on DraftKings, it adds up to, or FanDuel, it adds up to 900%. Sometimes that, that uh, plays with people's minds just a little bit, but it, it really plays out when you start to look at centers and in particular on uh, FanDuel center only eligible players. And that is something that as you start, I mean, the boom bus tool takes care of this for you, but as you start to look at players that really are focusing in on the one position and it's a limited supply with um, even with the, the uh, uh, multi-position eligibility, it's something that on the smaller sites, you, you really can start to see uh, decision points jump off the page for you and where you can take a stand on somebody that may only be, you know, a point one or point, you know, 0.2, uh, fantasy points per thousand dollars off of the best play and you're like oh wait a second i can just tweak this a little bit gain some serious leverage then you have to think about that i'm talking about a fantasy point per dollar ratio so that's the average so the total scores would be different for shangun versus gafford but if you start to look at their point per dollars that's what trickles down through the rest of your lineup at the other position so there's your brief moment of nba strategy on the nba strategy show uh anything you would like to call out from the thunder yeah if there's more value it opens up we could always end up finding ourselves to sga as a spend up option but the problem with the rest of these guys on this team now is they've got to be pretty expensive. Like Jalen Williams seen a big uptick in price. He's at a ceiling as far as his price goes. Josh Giddy has had some big performances, but it's such an outlier that it's not points I want to chase. So we saw a triple-double from Josh Giddy last game. Did you play that Slady Mac by chance? Uh, I, I play all the slates, Greg. I did not have Giddy. I did notice that. And if I remember cor correctly, it happened rather quickly. Yeah, 22 minutes, and he had a triple-double. Did not have that on the bingo card. <laughs> so it is, that was a uh, small, it was a four-game slate the other day. Giddy was like 4% owned, then Bobby Portis was 1% owned. Those two guys just absolutely crushed the slate. So there was like a couple of people that lineups way better than everybody else, but it was because in the $15 on DraftKings, there was something like, there was only five people or six people in the entire field that had a Bobby Portis and Josh Giddy lineup combination on a four-game slate the other day. But none of this is sustainable. He had a 13% usage rate. He made every single shot that he took. And then he had a triple-double in 22 minutes. These are not points they want to chase. I don't expect that he's going to shoot 100% from the field. I don't expect he's going to be able to put together another triple-double in 22 minutes. So Josh Giddy, whose minutes have just been down in general, the last few games for Giddy, 22 minutes. He was playing great last game. That was due to a blowout game for that. 20 minutes, 26 minutes, 24 minutes, 22 minutes, 27 minutes, 27 minutes, 21 minutes. We have not seen Giddy play over 30 minutes this year since November 12th. And now that his price has gone up a little bit as well because of that last performance that he had, it's hard for me to get there. Jalen Williams at a ceiling price. So SGA, if more value, if more value becomes out there, then yeah, he's a decent enough spend up option. But other than that, I can't really justify getting to anybody else at the moment. That sounds like a good one and if or a good uh, synopsis there. And if anything changes, of course, you get uh, NBA live before lock at 6 o'clock tonight. Our next game is the Golden State Warriors, who are 12.5-point underdogs here in Milwaukee, taking on the Bucks, 245.5 implied point total. Golden State uh, will be without Moody. He is uh, going to miss a few games with this uh, calf issue. Uh, Draymond Green is doubtful. He is still working on his conditioning. This is a back-to-back -back and a three and four, and they play again on Monday. 
Last night, uh, they won in Chicago. This looked like Chicago had the game in hand. Uh, it was a 13-point lead at halftime. Uh, Curry had like, I don't know, 10 points or something at the half. Heck, he had 10 points in the third quarter still, or midway through the third quarter, because I bet his under. He ended up with 27. The team stormed back, won 140 to 131. That was in regulation, uh, but it's a, it's a mercurial ride right now there uh, with the Golden State franchise. Uh, on the other side, Milwaukee last played on Thursday. We, we hit on that. That was the, when they knocked the, the snot out of Boston. They play again tomorrow. So they're the only team that's uh, on the front end of a back-to-back. So Milwaukee takes on um, Sacramento tomorrow. It's important to call that out because this would be the spot for potential in-game rest for Giannis Antetokounmpo. But we have seen uh, Milwaukee um, stumble in some clear situations where they should should be winning games. Uh, and as a result, they're kind of in that scrum in the Eastern Conference. So important game. You know, Giannis can, can have a phenomenal game uh, in a short amount of time, but it, this could curb his upside just because we could see some lead legs on the Golden State Warriors side. What would you like to talk about from the Warriors? They did change their starting lineup. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Sharit plays on the back-to-back. Um, he has played, I think, in the last two back-to-backs, but uh, that was the only thing I wanted to call out on that. But otherwise, uh, Golden State, um, the ever-shifting lineups from Steve Kerr. How are you reading the tea leaves, Greg? Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see when the starting lineup comes out. I tend to think that they're going to do the same again today with Sarge in the starting unit. It is possible that they go back to Trace Jackson Davis as the starting center. As of right now, we have Looney projected to start at center, which has him as one of the better value plays on the slate. But the chalk of the night and the player that I think makes the most sense for us to want to jam in right now is going to be Dario Sarge. He started last night. He played nearly 30 minutes. He played really well, which is why I think he's going to stick in the starting lineup. And with this being a slate where there is not a whole lot of pricing value, Emac, the sites have not been able to price up Sarge because today's slate came out prior to last night's slate. So on both DraftKings and FanDuel, Sarge looks like one of the better value plays to get to on the slate. He's projected for nearly 60% ownership. I've got him in two-thirds of my top lineups here. If Sarge is going to stick in the starting lineup, which seems to be a reasonable way for the Warriors to go, then as things stand right now, he's definitely the best, the best overall value of the night. All right, pop quiz. How many years do you think Sarge has been in the league? Um, nine. Four, five. Uh, technically, he missed a whole year with an ACL, and that's uh, basketball reference doesn't count the current year. So I saw him at six, and I'm like, wait, he's played more than that. You're right; it's closer than I think it's eight. Technically, if if we count that missed year, uh, but he is he's 29. Um, he hasn't played a lot of minutes this season. I was looking at the other back-to-backs. In, in all, basically all situations, he was playing 20-ish or less minutes. So I don't think that's a huge concern. But he's one of those players that starts to get in in a little bit of that situation. Uh, you know, he's not as old as like Gallinari or um, you know some of the other folks that that are only playing uh, on one end of the back-to-back. But that was just just a, a call out, just because it, something could change. I don't think it will, but it's just worth noting uh, at that point. But yeah, you're right. He is coming up as one of the best value plays here. Yeah, the best value play by a fairly wide margin right now. We've got Looney expected to start. With that being the case in our projections, he shows up in lineups. If Trace Jackson Davis starts, then it would be the inverse, where Trace Jackson Davis would be somebody that we're getting to in some lineups. Uh, But none of the payup options are really looking all that appealing for Golden State. 
All right. Uh, what about on the Bucks side here? Yeah. Not, so if we go ahead uh, and no, look nobody at on the, the injury report. Uh, one thing that I think that we should definitely take note of is that Bobby Portis will never again do what he did last game. So don't go and chase those points from Bobby Portis. He's not showing up in any of my lineups. Portis was just ridiculous last game. And also, he was having such a good game that they actually left him in to play a little bit more garbage time than they normally would. If we look at the playing time that we typically get out of Bobby Portis in the games prior to last game, he played 16 against Utah. He played 17 against Houston. He played uh, 18 against Indiana, 20 against Indiana, 20 against the Spurs. So his playing time is fairly capped. I would not expect him to go out and, I mean, what did he do? Shot like 10 of 12 from the field or something ridiculous like that last game. So another spot here, these price tags are fairly expensive. Uh, Damian Lillard is making this some of my lineups, but I am underweight to the field on him right now. And then as far as Giannis' spend-up option, he's very expensive. We don't have a whole lot of value on the slate, which is going to be a reoccurring theme as we talk about some of these payup options. So it's a matchup against the Golden State Warriors team that's definitely struggling, uh, but at the same time, too, I don't really think that there's enough value for me to get up to a lot of these Bucks guys, even though this is a high-paced game. They have one of the highest team totals on the slate. Uh, things change if more value opens up. Giannis would make his way into a little bit more lineups, but I've only got 4% of them right now. Maybe there's a scenario where I get to like 10 to 15% of guys get ruled out, but not a team I'm getting to in the box. All right. That makes sense. I'm going to borrow that screen share from you there for a moment here because I want to talk about uh, BetMGM. And this is one of the more underutilized pages that we have here at Stochastic. So that's why I wanted to grab the screen share here and show everybody. If you go to the Stochastic homepage, you see this drop down here that says deals. It gives you all the current deals we have with all of the sports books, all of the DFS sites, all of the pick'em sites, and any current stochastic discounts that are going on at this time. But if we go over here to sports uh, betting bonuses and we click on BetMGM, who is sponsoring our show today, we can, uh, one, get the promo code here. You can click on this and claim it, um, uh, or you can uh, click on this link here and claim it. Uh, it is the bet $5.00 and get $158 in bonus bets. So this is going through the Super Bowl with Super Bowl 58. So their deal is you need to make a $5 wager. And as soon as you make that $5 wager, make it your first wager, they're going to give you $158 back, regardless of whether you win or lose on that wager. So that's a pretty good deal. And then you'll have, uh, you usually get a week or so to utilize those uh, bet credits. So it's uh, you can see here uh, we've got the breakdown talks about where it's available, what they have to play, etc. The different types of wagers you can do, the various uh, deposit methodologies. That's something that's important because some of the less savory sites uh, are very limited on their deposit methods. So it's good to see that a site like that MGM has all of this stuff available for you. And as always, it's important to note that if you or anybody you know has a gambling issue, please call or text. 1-800-GAMBLER. But again, that is the BetMGM. Come through our link. I'll drop this into the chat as well. Uh, and you make your first wager of $5, get $158 back in bet credits. Pretty good deal there. Pretty good deal. You still liking uh, the old the old BetMGM? I miss, that's probably the side I miss the most, uh, being down here in Florida. I really, really do like BetMGM. Uh, well, I mean, they've got the no-brainer deal, so take advantage of it because you bet $5, give you $158 in bonus bets. So there's nothing to not like about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All righty. Let's get on to our next game here. We have New York at Memphis. The Knicks are eight-point favorites. 
They're going against the Grizzlies. 221 implied point total here. The key thing is Jalen Brunson dealing with a sore calf. That's important to note. Uh, the Knicks did not play yesterday, so we don't have an injury report from them. I'm sure we will have something come out this morning, but that is uh, the main one to watch. On the Memphis side, of course, they are without John Morant for the remainder of the season. No Derrick Rose remember me game tonight. He is out for a, a few more games. Um, uh, Desmond Bain hurt his ankle in the last game. He is doubtful. And then you have Santi Aldama, who's questionable, but he has missed the last two games with a knee injury. This is a back-to-back. Uh, for the Grizzlies, they lost last night to the Clippers, 128-119. Uh, you saw uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. play 30 minutes. Um, Tillman played 31, and then Kennard in the starting lineup played 29. So uh, what do you think here about the Knicks side of thing? We can't immediately jam in uh, Emmanuel quickly if Brunson is out. That That's no longer in play, Greg. Yeah, so it, it's... It's a little hard to know exactly what the Knicks would do if Brunson isn't able to play because this would be an unprecedented situation. We haven't seen him out since they traded away Emmanuel quickly. Last year when Brunson was out, it was really easy. Like you said, we just plugged in quickly. We knew he was going to be one of the top projected players on a points per dollar uh, uh, standpoint on the entire slate. For this year, though, because I've just pulled up the on-off court numbers, of the players that are like key rotation guys, we just don't have data with Brunson and quickly both off the court. We've seen Julius Randle's played 53 minutes this year, Mac, with neither Brunson nor Quickly on the court. Josh Hart has played 86 minutes. Quentin Grimes has played 83 minutes. And then the rest of these guys, like, no sample size. Dante DiVincenzo played 14 minutes with neither of them on the court. OG Ananobi was just recently acquired. He's only played 22 minutes with Jalen Brunson off the court. So as a result, we don't really have a great baseline to look at in terms of who's going to benefit the most in scenarios where Brunson isn't on the court. So we have to use some, you know, common sense and logic. And Brunson does so much for the Knicks that I think we would have to look at guys like Julius Randle seeing a lot more usage. We would assume a much bigger role for Dante DiVincenzo. But trying to figure out where the minutes would go, I think there's a couple of different ways that we could see the Knicks end up going. Quentin Grimes and Miles McBride, I expect both of them to pick up some extra minutes off the bench. Whereas the player that I think overall benefits the most from the absence of Brunson is probably going to be Josh Hart. Josh Hart, I could see picking up the biggest bump in playing time. Uh, maybe they move him into the starting line and just go with a big team. Uh, I tend to think the Knicks probably would start Miles, Miles McBride would be the most likely starter, but they're just are not point guards or players that could handle the ball for the Knicks. So I'd be really interested to see what the starting lineup looks like if Brunson isn't out there. The one thing I could tell you for certain, though, is that guys like Julius Randle, OG Ananobi, Dante DiVincenzo would all be making their way into my lineups if Brunson is out. Would Miles McBride? Sorry, I was trying to look and see. It, it was two weeks ago that Dante DiVincenzo had the magical night after the trade with uh, with Toronto. Um, but Miles McBride, that was the one guy. Maybe we could see him coming in. I want to see what he played in that game. Yeah, he still only played 18 minutes in that game. I don't think so. Sorry. Nothing exciting there. I was going down a rabbit hole. Guess what? No rabbits. No pot of gold. No nothing. Um, anything else you would like to cover here for the Knicks side of things? No, just most importantly is going to be the status of Jalen Brunson. If he's in, nothing looks all that appealing from the Knicks. If he's out, we're going to get those usage bumps that I just mentioned there. And I don't have a great feel for the starting line. My best guess is that it would be Miles McBride starting. 
but I can't say that confidently. So it's yeah. one of those ones we're going to have to see what the injury report brings us later in the night, as well as the Knicks starting lineup, because it's an unprecedented situation. Uh, the Memphis side here, uh, Tillman stepping into additional usage. Uh, if if uh, Sante Aldama returns, I think some of that usage is still going to be there for both of them. If Bain is out, which it looks like he will be, uh, how do you want to see the the moving parts on the deck chairs of the Titanic? I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies rotation. Yeah, sure. So Santi Aldama could potentially be back today. He's uh, officially listed as questionable after missing some time. We still have, uh, obviously, Marcus Smart. He remains out. He hurt his finger last game. I don't know if you saw what happened, Mac, but a uh, game where know. Marcus Smart was kind of uber chalk. He was like 35% owned in the $15 on DraftKings. He was also like 28% owned on FanDuel, if I remember correctly. He's having a big game. He hits a three, and it looked to me like when he went to celebrate, he did like a three-point celebration, hit his forehead, finger pops out of place and just destroys his finger. Marcus Smart is now expected to be out for almost the entirety of the rest of the season. He's not expected to be back until March because of that. So uh, one of the weirder injuries Ooh. I can remember seeing. So Marcus Smart's out for an extended period of time. Desmond Bain is doubtful to play. John Moran is out for the season. This team is incredibly shorthanded. Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to have to take on a whole lot of usage in this spot. So I'm actually kind of surprised I'm not getting to more lineups with him. Part of that is due to the pricing. Uh, I'd be inclined to do an ROI boost if I only had 5% of Jaron Jackson Jr. at lock just because of the amount of guys who are out for Memphis. But somebody who's going really overlooked on the slate, you mentioned Xavier Tillman as somebody who's had to play more minutes lately. And the big reason for that is they cut Bismack Biombo. So the role of Biombo made no sense on this team. They'd signed him to a contract earlier in the year and he was initially a DNP coach's decision for the team. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he starts one game, and he kind of goes back and forth between starting, coming off the bench. Some of the games where he would come off the bench, he'd be a DNP coach's decision, and now all of a sudden, he's not on the team anymore. So Biombo has been terrible all year. It's very odd that he'd be starting over young players on the team when they apparently don't even think Biombo is good enough to be on the roster. But now that he's gone, it really does solidify the playing time for Xavier Tillman. Even if Santi Aldama plays today, I still expect Tillman to start. I think Aldama could also be limited considering that he was missing time due to a knee injury. Whenever players have lower body injuries, I'm a little more cautious about projecting their minutes coming back than if they were dealing with, you know, like a wrist or a hand injury or something like that because you don't know where their conditioning is at. So I think Xavier Tillman's one of the best contrarian plays on the slate. Luke Kennard is also somebody who's a very good option to get to and kind of like that lower slash mid-end range of the of the value because with all those players who are out for Memphis, Kennard's probably the guy who's going to have to pick up the most amount of playing time, especially to consider that he's actually an offensive threat. And when you're this shorthanded as Memphis is, the best way to compete against a team like the Knicks that is a playoff team is going to be with variance, with three-point shooting. That's where Luke Kennard comes into play. So Kennard benefiting from the absence of all the core guys for Memphis, and then Xavier Tillman, an overlooked piece that should be playing more minutes with Biombo out. Yeah, I I had not realized he was going to be out for the year, so that that uh, moved him uh, to the reserve list on the the aggregator site that I go to to pull injuries. Says they hope hopefully he's back in early March. Yikes! Yeah. This uh, is just. Way, a, I want to uh, answer a question that we got from sure. uh, Humboldt. He had asked, uh, "What do you mean by adjust the boost?" Yeah, so let's see right here if the slate was starting. I wanted to get to more of Jaron Jackson Jr. I would go to Jaron Jackson and I could just give him an ROI boost of like 15% and boost ROI. And then if I went back to my lineups, you see right now I only have 5% of Jaron Jackson Jr. 
But now if I unfavorite my top lineups and favorite my top 150 and then go back to Memphis, you'll see that I'll have a little bit more than the 5% of Jaron Jackson I had before. Not a mass amount. It went to six. It went to six point seven. So I'd have to give him like a little bit more aggressive of a boost. But see, if I went to Jaron Jackson, just went to like a forty percent ROI boost here instead. Now I'll probably get to somewhere in the teens or so of exposure to Triple J. So if there's ever a player who you're not getting a ton of that you want more of for any reason that it could be just you like that player more than our data does, or maybe you're trying to adjust your lineups. Cause something I do a lot is if there are players that are questionable in the later games and I'm getting exposure to the early games, I'll do ROI downgrades to a lot of the earlier starting players so that I could backload my lineups a little bit. So that I'm more flexible for kind of the injury news. So that's something you could do with the ROI boost. That is the, the best way to manipulate the exposure you're getting within the Sims tool. You could do it as, as much as you want to get it more aggressive. And then also the bigger the slates there are, the more you're generally going to have to do some of the boost to get any meaningful amount of players. So right there, like I, I did a little one to Jaron Jackson Jr., but you can do as high as you want here to make him show up in more lineups. But I did a little boost there that got him from 4% to 8% of lineups. Yeah, and I'm just I'm just uh, showing guys we have we have uh, canned videos, evergreen videos for all of this. Uh, you can see uh, when Greg goes back, there's a tutorials p uh, button on his page. But you come to this landing page and you get all different uh, explanations of the Sims. And then, uh, as mentioned in chat, you want to um, uh, get some more uh, discussion around it. There is if you are already a member, you can join the Sims, uh, the the Stochastic Sims channel. Um, that's something I've been looking at a lot. The other thing I can't stress enough, and this is something that I've been working on as I've been uh, finally getting a little more time here with the day job and want to move away from using the optimizer and get more and more into the Sims for basketball. It's easier with football because you have a little more time. You, you can you can take, take action uh, a little bit more deliberately. With basketball, you have to move so quickly. Play around with the tools and the settings. Give somebody a 20 or a 30% ROI boost. See what happens. It's a little different, and sometimes it'll take a little longer. The navigation of unchecking or unfavoriting, refavoriting, doing the sort, doing the filters, it's not going to be uh, second nature from the jump. So get those reps in now instead of when the clock is ticking down <laughs> towards zero right before lock. And that's something I do want to stress here. But the Sims tool, it's it's going to – this is what is going to be replacing optimizers here. And, uh, and there are a lot of them out there, but we are on the cutting edge and adding additional features and sports all the time here. So, again, promo code DRIVE gets you all the NFL max package Sims for uh, through the Super Bowl, 99 bucks. We're going to throw in the rest of this week and next week's golf as well so you can check that out uh anything else you want to mention here from memphis uh luke Kennard love i think is where we were sort of leaving off there the grizzlies got anything else for you nope we've hit on everything that i want to talk about for memphis all right two to go the new orleans pelicans are uh, underdogs by a bucket in dallas taken on the maps 231 and a half projected point total here it's important to note that this is a back-to-back -back for New Orleans, and they play again on Monday. Why is it important? Because it's a back-to-back? -back? Well, because the question of whether or not Zion Williamson is going to play is going to be looming. He played 35 minutes last, last night. Trey Murphy, has uh, he played 28 minutes last night. But remember, he's been dealing with a variety of injuries this season, so he's a good rest candidate. And then on the questionable side, 
just because we don't know, and we've seen them rest in some games. You've got Brandon Ingram, who played 34 minutes last night, and uh, CJ McCollum, who played 30 minutes last night. Now, with the close projected point total, remember Luka Doncic is out, I'm expecting maybe Zion sits, but I'm guessing Ingram and, and McCollum are going to play. Um, uh, Joe Val played just 26 minutes last night. Dallas, Lucas missed the last two games with an uh, – counting tonight, he will have missed two games with an ankle injury. So Exum has been out six games now with a foot injury. And then you've got uh, Green is questionable with an illness. Derek Lively has missed the last five games uh, with his ankle injury, and he's questionable. So he's close to a, close to a return. But don't pay attention to the Maxi Cleaver. He keeps getting listed as questionable. He hasn't played in two months. He's dealing with this, a, a dislocated toe or, or some sort of injury like that. He hasn't played in two months. When he returns, who knows what he's going to play. I'm not worried about him uh, in any case. But that means we get uh, the man who is his own king, I guess, Kyrie Irving. He has put up some monster numbers without Luka. He is shaping up to be probably the best play of the night here, Greg. Where are the Sims taking you? Are you above the field in the projections matching or below with Kyrie? And then we'll go back to the the mishmash that is the Pelicans. Yeah, so uh, just so we could, because we could go right to Dallas after this, but on New Orleans, I don't even know how we talk about them right now. I don't expect Zion to play. I don't expect Trey Murphy to play. I don't even know that Ingram and McCollum end up playing. So there isn't really too much I think we could say here until we get an updated injury report. Because even now, I'm just speculating. We have Zion in in our projections right now. I think it's fairly unlikely he plays with it being a tail end of a back-to-back. And there's a number of other guys that could be out on this team as well. So Emac and I'll be on. Emac and I will be on NBA Live before lock tonight. We'll have more information. We could cover this. As of right now, New Orleans, I don't really have a great way to tell you who's going to be in or who's going to be out. We did see in the YouTube chat that uh, Kill the Itch said to us, the Pels coach said in the post game that he used more players today. That is usually an indication when a coach says that, that, hey, we are going to be resting guys. So we'll see what that injury report ultimately ends up meaning. It ends up being, I'm expecting a handful of guys to be out for New Orleans, and we'll have updates later on the day on that. As far as the Dallas side of the game, yeah, it's a team I'm getting to a whole bunch of. Luca is out, but keep in mind that some of these players have also been priced up. So it's not like Jaden Hardy is the same min-priced guy we were able to get to on the last slate. So he's only showing up in 7% of lineups. For me, the players I am getting to on the high end, Kyrie Irving, no surprise here at all. Kyrie has taken on a much bigger role for Dallas in the games that luca has been out. There was one game where Kyrie really shit the bed like a month ago when a bunch of players were out, but... That was a game where Kyrie himself was banged up. He ended up sitting the game after that. So I, I do think that Kyrie, probably the best overall payup option that we have as of now, when you consider the combination of him being expensive, but not like uber expensive or anything like that. We do have him project for 57 fantasy points in the absence of Luka today. And then uh, Derek Jones Jr. picking up a little bit more usage in playing time. He's showing up in a good amount of lineups for me as a mid-range option, as is Tim Hardaway Jr. Although with that said, I am underweight to the field on THJ right now. We've got him here projected for nearly 60% ownership, and I have him still in a healthy amount of lineups, 50%, but that is less than what the field is getting to. Hardaway started last game. I expect him to start again. Yeah, and the, and the thing with Hardaway is it all comes down to is he putting the old biscuit in the basket. Last game he was 10 for 20 from the field, 6 of 13 from beyond the arc, 6 of 7. That 7 is the season, uh, his second highest of the season for uh, free throw attempts. He also had six rebounds, which is his second most of the season, and four assists, also the second most of the season. So he had everything going his way, along with two steals, uh, which tied his high 
for the season. So he got there uh, because everything broke his way. We could see that easily slide back to a 27 fantasy point night. That's just the the thing you're dealing with there with uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., who you know is another year older. You know what would be cool is if he has Tim Hard a son, Tim Hardaway the third, that ends up making the NBA. That would be awesome. And it would be like a super per- like the third one would be super progressive. So it would be like uh, it would be like a scale. If you remember some of the old comments from Tim Hardaway Senior. He was, he was not very accepting of different people in that. It's, it's, you know, it's, we'll see. We'll see, but we're, we'll leave, we'll leave those other things to other people to discuss on safe spaces where everybody's nice to each other. Like Twitter. It's a good spot to have uh, discussions. Everybody's nice there. I'm nervous about Jaden Hardy. I mean, it's not because he's coming off the bench. Uh, it's just that we have not seen him consistently do well when he's had these, these opportunities. And he, I think, is a is a dangerous option um, tonight. I'm I'm scared of him, but I see the field is not exactly going all in. Twelve uh, percent. So yeah, and I mean, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with the starting lineup. If Hardy starts, it would definitely be different than if he comes off the bench. He came off the bench last game. He was still really popular. I still played a bunch of him, and he definitely ended up crushing in that game. But if he's going to remain coming off the bench, which is what we have him projected for, is to come off the bench and play. Uh, you know, minutes in the low to mid 20s. With that being the case, he ends up being projected for 21 fantasy points. His price point has gone up. So Hardy not nearly as appealing as he was last late. Yeah. Would you just take Seth Curry out of your player pool at this point? No. I mean, if he shows up, I'm not, he's not showing up in any lineups for me, but like I wouldn't go in and and say, I cannot play Seth Curry. He's not showing up right now, but it's not because I did anything intentional. He just didn't show up. All right. I, I only say that because he ended up in like, I played 100 lineups the other game and he ended up in like two of them. And one of them was one of my better lineups, obviously, because he was very cheap. He had like one fantasy point or something obnoxious like that. I think he only played nine or 10 minutes. So um, let's hit the last one of the night. Sadly, sadly, uh, Victor Wembanyama has been uh, given a day of rest for today. Last night, he dropped the hammer in 20 minutes. Greg, he absolutely just crushed. He came in for a few minutes. Uh, I think it must have been late. It was in the, he got a third quarter rotation, and that was kind of it, um, sadly. But, God, he has just really put the hammer down the last few games. He's not available tonight. Uh, also, for the Spurs, uh, Dougie McBuckets may or, not pl- may or may not play. He's one of those folks that may or may not play on back-to-backs. He only played 12 minutes last night. <laughs> Everybody got minutes for the Spurs. Um, it's a back-to-back of three and four, and they play on Monday. Last night, they just absolutely destroyed Charlotte, uh, 135-99. Nobody played over 26 minutes. The Bulls seemingly play every single day uh, at this point, Greg, but uh, realistically, uh, they have played. Uh, this is their back-to-back three and four, and they're playing on Monday. They lost 140-131 to 131, uh, to uh, Colton State, as we mentioned. Uh, Levine played 35 minutes. There's a chance he sits this one out because, remember, he has played four games since returning, but he missed 17 games with a foot injury, and they're probably going to move on from him and see if they can flip him for any sort of assets today. So I think they'll be protecting uh, him. Looking to the Bulls, uh, do you think uh, uh, Zach plays tonight? 
I do not. He's currently in okay. in our projections. My best guess is that he's going to end up getting ruled out. We're going to have an injury report update. Let's see, it's 1055 now. So in about three and a half hours, I'm going to predict that Zach Levine ends up getting ruled out. Assuming that is the case, we'd be getting to a little bit more. I mean, Alex Cruz was already showing up in lineups for me, but he would project for more minutes. And then we'd also get more usage to go to both Vooch and DeRozan, already players who I'm getting to. And, you know, good matchup for them against the San Antonio Spurs. So this is a Bulls team that, assuming that Levine sits, there's some extra playing time to go around. There's also extra usage. So uh, Kobe White, who's really at a ceiling price, I don't really think I'm going to get to a ton of Kobe White, but he would be going from somebody who having 3% a lot. It's maybe like 6 or 7%. And then Vooch, DeRozan, Patrick Williams, assuming Levine is out, these are all guys who'd make it into a good chunk of lineups for me. But we'll see what ends up happening with Levine. So here are DeRozan's minutes, starting with last night going backwards. 41, 43, 44, 38, 38, 30, 37, 37, 40, 40, 36. And that was when he faced off against his former team, the San Antonio Spurs. He is playing a crap ton of minutes. Uh, He is getting tons of field goal attempts here. Uh, he's actually taking threes. Sometimes he makes them, but he's actually taking them uh, again this season. Yeah, there's there's a lot to like with him tonight here. Uh, if uh, do you think uh, you didn't? I don't think you mentioned Desumo. Is he the, is he someone that might start to pop if uh, if uh, Levine is out? Probably not. Okay. Probably not. He's been a really really poor fantasy producer this year. So I'll pull up Io's stats here. So Io Desunmu this year has played a total of... Here it is. So he's played 38 minutes, 23 minutes per game, 16 fantasy points. So think about it this way. Even if you gave him 34 minutes. So if we're going to say that Desunmu plays 34 minutes tonight, we'd be looking at a baseline projection of like 23 fantasy points. Hmm. That would be what they call no bueno, Greg. No bueno. That's what they say at the bur- at the uh, burrito place you go to, right? Uh, yeah, because all burrito places they speak they 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 don't they don't speak English at burrito places. Any, it's it's one of those things, you know. As an American, I'm well versed in this, and I, I do appreciate the authenticity of talking. You, you about go to a burrito place; it's just a high school kid working behind the counter. <laughs> Um, looking here, yeah, the Bulls, yeah, on defense, last 10 games, uh, allowing 114 points per 100 possessions. That's kind of the league. League average is between 113 and, and 116, sort of depending on the time frame that you end up grabbing there, if it's 5, 10, or 15 games. Um, so really not a lot to see there. Uh, with no Awembi, uh, I guess that means the cast of thousands has uh, 20, 22 minutes that they will be redispersed. More importantly, there's some production scoring field goal and rebounding opportunities. Uh, it looks like uh, the projections are liking Jeremy uh, Sohan, uh, Keldon Johnson, and Devin Vassell. You could probably throw in Trey Jones there, but his number or his salary has really been ticking up. He has only put up 22 fantasy points in, points in each of his last two games here. Uh, his first, that, that's being in the starting lineup, his first two, uh, prior to that, he had 32 and 33, but uh, a lot of his points do come to uh, come on a sit or is a lot of assists come on passes to Wembenyama um, there. How do you feel about the remainder of this game, either side here? Yeah, the, so normally you think the, like, oh, Drummond. Yeah, normally you'd think a player of the caliber of Wemby being out, you go, oh, that has to make a really big difference. And then you look at his recent games, 
And he just isn't playing very many minutes. They're being very cautious with him, which totally makes sense. The Spurs are non-competitive this year. He has been absurdly good from a fantasy perspective as of late. Last night, Emac, he played 19 minutes and scored 46 fantasy points. So, all right, cool. So we're distributing 19 minutes to other people, but what does it matter? Nobody's picking up all that production that he was able to, you know, really dial in in just the 19 minutes he played. And the game before that, he played 21 minutes and scored 50 and a half fantasy points. So his production is just absurd from a fantasy standpoint. We're looking at a couple of years from now. Wemby could be averaging like 70 fantasy points per game or something totally absurd. As far as tonight, though, him... Taking his 20 minutes off the books, like, sure, it goes to some other guys like Sandro, who shows up in 2% of my lineups. Dominic Barlow showed up in, you know, 1% of lineups. But there's nothing real significant. There's nothing I really want to get to from the Spurs because those extra minutes, they don't do a whole bunch to help a lot of guys. And then even some of the usage of getting distributed, all these guys suck. And, you know, Devin Vassell is a good real-life player. He's probably the second-best player on the team behind Wemby. But he's also at a price point where I don't really feel a need to get to him. So um, nothing is in any meaningful amount of lineups that I'm getting to from the Spurs. All right. Uh, anything else you want to mention? Or shall I do a quick little screen share here from uh, our friends at Odd Shopper? Nope, that's it. That's that's everything we've got to talk about. All right. So we have really boosted up Odd Shopper here. Lowered the price, $14.95 per week, uh, $49.95 per month. Lots of bells and whistles. There are some free tools here. We have a uh, expert picks section here. You can quickly find uh, everybody's uh, wagers in the same spot all at once here. Uh, when the contributors post them, you'll see Greg and Lindy posting their uh, NFL stuff relatively shortly. We have the premium betting tools which gives you quickly, uh, I'm in Florida, so I have, it geolocates you. So great if you're in the state that has sports wagering. Uh, I flip over here to New York, but then, um, and now because I'm talking, it's going to take a second to get up there, but you can look at all the different wagers. We have the odd shopper rating. This takes into account size of the bet, probability of it hitting, and the different lines that are available. We have the EV, which is the expected value calculator i am emac the ev on emac is entertainment value but uh, we can sort by this find the find uh, the better bets um if you see one that you like and want to do a little odds shopping across the different books we can look here uh if it stops moving here i guess it's going to click there on josh allen but we can see here uh we have his total rushing attempts under nine but look at the the dichotomy here plus 100 on points bet you get uh, a three-point hit there on Sugar House where it's minus 134. And then you can see even down uh, on Caesars or ESPN bet, they drop it by a whole rushing attempt and still don't give you as good of a price as they're giving you on points bet. That's what we call shopping the odds, shopping the books, uh, finding the different spot. And you can find some really, really crazy ones, but uh, that's something you can utilize uh, as you look at this. And then as I mentioned, I like to go over here. Uh, we have the Parlay Builder, which builds parlays out for any wagering site, as well as um, the uh, the Fantasy Pick'em sites. But I like to go here to the Fantasy Pick'em sites because then, uh, as I'm looking at you know somebody that is app only, like Sleeper, I can easily come here. It filters on Sleeper, and then I can quickly find my wagers. Oh, look at these great two top popping up at the top with C.J. Stroud and Jared Goff and and Puka Nakua. Well, they're for two of those three. Not for golf, but two of the three, those are the uh, promo bets. So if you wonder what what promo, I, I can't find it on my side. Is it? Is it? Do I have to go look at Twitter? No, you can just come here. 
And if there's a spet screaming at the top, you can see it's highlighted in the green. That's one of their special promotion wagers. Uh, and that can either be for new signups or, in this case, for a sleeper, they're actually giving those to all users. So wanted to call that out. So if you can't get to BetMGM where they're giving you that gimme $158 if you wager $5, this is the next best thing if your state is not as enlightened as the rest of the world. All right, Greg, that's it for us. Uh, any final thoughts before we slide on out there? No, that is going to do it for uh, us here. Thank you very much for watching, guys, and like the video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. All right. Well, you guys can follow Greg on G at G Ehrenberg DFS on Twitter. I am at Emac DFS. It is stochastic underscore C-O-M. With that, gamers, good luck. <laughs>